Hello and welcome to Not Just About Copy. I'm your host, Emma McMillan, and I'm an educator, copywriter, and copywriting coach. But this podcast is not just about copy. At its heart, this is a podcast all about connection, how we use words to connect with others, and the lasting impact words can have on us. It's about empowering you to write better. It's about learning to love a blank page and its possibilities. It's about finding joy in words and language. You'll hear conversations that I hope will inspire you to reflect on your relationship with words and on how connection shows up for you. Solo coaching episodes with me will give you actionable tips and strategies to write better copy with more flow, confidence, and a sense of fun. Thanks for being here. Now, let's dive in. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and honour their deep language and storytelling traditions. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Not Just About Copy podcast. 20 episodes in, I can't quite believe it, but thanks for being on the ride with me since November 2021. And um, yeah, here we are at episode 20. And today I'm back with a coaching episode and it's all about using free tools and strategies to come up with SEO friendly content ideas. And this is one I get asked about an awful lot by my clients. And I get it because really nobody has time to write content that never gets found or read. I'm really excited about this topic. So I'm just going to dive right in today and get started. And I promise not to get too technical because I want you to be able to implement these strategies easily and right away. So let's start with why. Why do you need SEO-friendly content? Well, you want to get your writing found. So today's focus is going to be more about your content marketing. That's like your blog topics or your podcast, things like that, to kind of help get you thinking about more of a big picture strategy when it comes to the kind of content you create to support your small business. But you can also apply all these tips to any page of your website as well to give your SEO a boost. But I will talk about websites specifically in a later episode. So keywords, let's get back to basics. Some of you probably are really familiar with keywords, but for some of you, I know that's still something that um, is a little bit of a tension point. So I'd love to just straighten some of the um, the myths out and, uh, and give you a bit of an overview on what is an SEO keyword. So basically it's a word that you can use in your copy that helps the search engines to, to find it. And there are short keywords and there are longer tail keywords. And here's the difference. So a short keyword is like a single word keyword. For example, it might be books or it might be gym, for example. Whereas a long tail keyword is usually a few words joined together. So it might be three or four words um, that kind of string along together. So it might be books on travel writing, for example, or strength training gym. And the difference is An easy way to explain it is to say that if you were to type in just books to Google, you'd come up with so many, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of results relating to books. So if you wanted to really narrow your search down, you'd have to type in some kind of other words around it. So that's where the long tail keywords comes in. And we still call it a keyword 
even if it is a few words joined together, which I know can sound kind of confusing. So when you're creating pieces of content, what you're really looking for is to find long tail keywords that relate to the content that you're creating, but also relate to what people are actually searching for. So there are some ways that you can do this and it's by using particular modifiers. So words that you can join on to other words to, I guess, modify them. And this this is some ways you can do it. So you can look at things like location-based modifiers. So that might be where you might put something like Melbourne coffee shop, for example, or Australian-made mattresses, for example. You can also use other kinds of modifiers, adjectives such as, say, affordable, so affordable financial services or caring medical practice, things like that. Or for products, you might choose to reference particular colours or particular fabrics, things that give a little bit more detail to your keyword. Think about yourself, you know, when you're sitting in front of your computer and typing into the Google search bar, how do you find the things that you want? What are some of the ways that you kind of describe to Google what it is that you're looking for? So when you're thinking about keywords, it's about finding that intersection between both what people are searching for, but also what you want to be found for. Because there's no point in ranking for a term that people are looking for, but a term that's not actually what you really want people finding you for. So that's really something to consider as well. So from there, a logical place for us to step now is into searcher intent. Okay, and that's thinking about what is the intent of the searcher when they go and they type into their search engine. So this is why it's really important. There are four different main types of searcher intent. And depending on the resource that you look at, they might be called something slightly different, but they all mean the same thing. So these four terms are, you've got transactional searcher intent, and that's when someone is ready to buy. So they're looking to make a transaction. You've got informational intent. So this is the kind of tell me about something. It's often Q&A type stuff, which is really, really good for blog post ideas. There's investigative searcher intent. And that's where someone is usually comparing like this service to that service, this provider to that provider, for example. And then there's navigational intent, which can be, you know, take me straight there, for instance, to a particular homepage, um, or it might be a location-based navigational search. So let's think about if there's a keyword that you're wanting to rank for. So of course, there's a lot of factors at play when it comes to SEO. And unfortunately, there's no guarantees about anything when it comes to the search engine results pages. But one thing is certain, if you want to rank, then your content needs to align with search intent. So people who are searching with questions are not often in buying mode, they're in learning mode. All right, so that's really important for you to consider. So I want to look now at some free tools that you can use to help you find good keywords and places to start when it comes to creating content marketing for your business. So if you already have some blogs on your website, the first place I would recommend going is Google Search Console. Hopefully you've got this set up already, but if not, just check in with your developer and make that happen. 
So what this tool does is it gives you excellent intel on keywords that you're already ranking for. And it makes sense to start from here to further optimize your existing content for these keywords. The next tool is not actually a tool, but it's a valuable resource. It's your clients or customers or your potential clients or customers. So I want you to start to think about what do you get asked all the time? So keep a running log of the most popular questions you get asked in discovery calls or in your DMs or emails and start to compile these into blog topics, FAQs, things to repurpose in your newsletter and social media posts. Okay, this is an actual gold mine when you think about what people actually want to know about your business right, or your product or your service, what are their questions and how can you provide that information because you know it's something that they're asking and they want to know. There's another tool that I really recommend and it's called Ubersuggest. Now, all of these will be in the show notes so you don't need to remember these. Um, You can just pop in and find them later. And that works by, as it sounds, suggesting um, keywords that are like the keyword that you type in. So basically gives you a whole lot of alternative suggestions as well. You can also type in your um, URL and you can get some really good feedback on what's working so far and maybe some opportunities for keywords as well. The next one is actually Google. And you may or may not know this, but a great way to use Google is to help to understand search intent. It's got the people also ask feature. And so if you type uh, something into the Google search bar, down the very bottom, you'll also have underneath the section where you click to different pages, you'll have that people also ask. And that just gives you, again, some, some ideas around your topic, but it might be in a way that people actually type more frequently um, or in a way that you haven't thought of. So that can help to spark some new ideas and thoughts. When it comes to understanding the searcher intent, Google can be useful as well. So If you put in a particular search term and then you um, click through to the results page or it brings up the results page, that's actually what we call the SERPs. So it basically just stands for search engine results page. So I want you to have a look at the features of this SERP when those results come up. And I want you to have a think about like what kinds of things is Google actually bringing up in the search engine page results there. Like for instance, if you typed in digital marketing for small business, for example, if the things that are showing up on that first page of the SERPs is things like guides, how-tos, and a focus on informational content, then that's what people are searching for when they type in digital marketing for small business. All right, so that is what the searcher intent generally is with that term. So these people are in learning mode, they're not in buying mode. So you wouldn't attach that to a service page, for example, that's about buying, okay? So it's a really good way to investigate what kind of keywords tend to relate to what kind of searcher intent. Keywords everywhere is another great one. And this is one that I've got. It's just a Chrome plugin. So it works as you type into Google search bar, just helps to bring up some extra information. So on the right-hand side of your screen, what you'll see is a whole lot of data on related keywords. People also search for keywords 
and also some long tail keywords. And again, sometimes it's just about sparking some different ideas or phrasing something in a different way or turning something from a statement into a question, for example. Answer the public is another really good one and it's a bit of fun as well. So how to use this one, you simply just type in a word and they call it a seed word. And what it does is it presents as a mind map or you can choose it to show you as columns, the most common questions people ask on particular topics. So this is a really great one when it comes to blog ideas or social post ideas or FAQ pages. So that's answer the public. There's various other tools that you can also use. They include things like Keyword Sheeter and also Google Trends, which can be really good to show you seasonally or which months of the year work for particular topics, what the trend is. Just a little note on paid tools as well. I'm not going to go into those today because I think you can do a fair bit with free tools, but there's one that I do use and recommend. I use it when I'm doing keyword research for my SEO copywriting clients and that is KW Finder. And for people who might need a little bit more data, a lot more data really, it basically, um, paid tools can help to give you actual data on the monthly search volume for particular keywords. So how often are people looking for this keyword? And it also can give you the competition or the SEO difficulty. So whether it's going to actually be easy, moderate, or really hard to rank for something in particular. Okay. But you know, it's, you can often just use your, use your nows to figure out some of those things. Okay. Once you've got your list of keywords, start to group them into little packs, if you like, of themed keywords to allocate to each piece of content. So you want to be careful not to have similar keywords um, as the focus for different pieces of content. So you kind of want to have a particular theme for each piece, then you've got a focus keyword and you've kind of got your little bunch of synonyms that will also fit into the same piece. So let me give you an example. So a blog post for a psychologist might use the focus long tail keyword of how to keep calm at work, for instance. But related synonyms can all be used within the same piece of content, such as workplace calm, stay calm at work, find calm in your workday, those sorts of things. Another piece of content with a different focus might look at the theme of exercise. For example, the focus keyword might be running for mindfulness with synonyms such as mindful running, use running to stay mindful, etc. You see where I'm going with this? Then what you can do if you've got a keyword in mind, you can check it in the SERPs, so type it into Google and see the kinds of results that you'd be competing against for that keyword. And Google lets you actually see the domain authority or the DA of the sites that are ranking high. And if they have got a really high domain authority, you might want to change tack because you'll probably never be able to uh, write content that outperforms them in the search engines. So that's just, a, I guess, an indicator that you might want to move in a different direction. So once you've got your list, you've checked them in the SERPs, you've grouped them into packs on your different themes, what next? Well, then it's down to the business of writing. In my next coaching episode, I'm going to talk more about where to put your keywords once you've found them, but you've got some research to do in the meantime. 
And if you're feeling a bit daunted about the blank page or you're not sure what to start with, there's plenty of episodes on those topics. So just dive back into uh, the archives and have a look. Just to say that, of course, once you've created your hero piece of content, you'll want to repurpose it to get more bang for your buck. And you can do that using my checklist, which is now available on my new free resources page. Check it out if you haven't already. The link is in the show notes. There's some great checklists on there and also a mini course on content repurposing. So just a final note, I think it's important to say that free keyword tools are really good to a point when it comes to creating um, new ideas for your content marketing and to tap into maybe themes and topics that you hadn't already explored before. But at some point, you may either wish to explore a paid tool or to have a chat with a copywriter who specializes in SEO or an SEO specialist. If you found today's advice on SEO content ideas useful, I'd love you to jump on Apple Podcasts and review the show. Your support really means a lot. I'll be back in your ears next Monday with a fresh interview episode. This one's with a product-based business owner who teaches me a thing or two. I can't wait to share it with you. Until then, happy writing. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love you to hit subscribe, rate and review it as this helps the pod reach more people. To get in touch or suggest a guest, head to emmamcmillancopy.com or find me on Instagram at emmamcmillancopy. See you next time.